Massive market update. This is everything you need to know for your crypto and stocks portfolio. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we have a massive market update. This is absolutely critical for both your stocks and crypto portfolios. So pay attention to the end. We got some really good information here for you. Mm, I feel like right now, the market is kind of still in like full fear mode. There's not a ton of action on the surface, especially in crypto. Stocks have tried to rally over the last few weeks, but... There's some important charts that you've been sharing that we need to get into today and also some stuff maybe going on in the background of crypto. So yeah, I think this is definitely an episode you want to listen to the end. Yeah, I mean, there's still, we still have an energy crisis over in Ukraine. You know, we have some, from a technical um, analysis standpoint, we're, we're hitting resistance, all very important factors. You know, we have the Fed who's also watching employment rates. They want to see the unemployment rate increase. Mm. Um, they're still making interest rates increases. Inflation hasn't peaked. I mean, how is this going to affect the U.S. dollar yeah. and then foreign investments, et cetera? So there's a, a lot to kind of dive into here. One of the most recent things that I, I think has given people hope is the Fed has signaled that they may uh, drop the increasing of interest rates as soon as like basically this month. Mm. So that is, I mean, when that was announced, it gave the market like a little boost more than more so the stock market than the crypto market. Cause the crypto market's kind of dead. Um, <laughs> but you shared an important um, chart and that really caught my eye, which was about the fed pivot. Mm. So everyone thinks like, okay, the fed is going to pivot. Stocks are going to moon. Crypto is going to moon. Bitcoin's going up. But when you actually dig into it, when the fed pivots, that's maybe a buy the rumor, sell the news event, isn't it? Pretty much what I think too, eh? Like when you look at the data and this is historical data over the past, I think it was a 40 year chart. And you can see that every time they do make this pivot, the t after, so after the pivot occurs, that's when a majority of the bear market decline actually occurs. Mm. But it's like a 40% decline after the pivot. Right. So it could right now could be a, you know, by the rumor on the the off chance that they're going to make this pivot. Yep. Part of me thinks that they're not going to pivot just yet. Mm -hmm. I think because they still have this target of a 2% uh, inflation that they want to hit. And we're still sitting at like 7.9, 8%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting, something you need to watch. And mm -hmm. I think that it could, this could be a buy the rumor, sell the news event. It's everything that people expect. And then the moment they're piv they pivot, I think we could see a massive sell-off. Yeah, so that's definitely something to watch. And then the other thing you mentioned at the top of the episode was layoffs. So this has now uh, been a big topic. We know it's been coming for a while, but now the stats are all coming out about it. Big tech companies, you know, your Amazon, Google, Meta, they're laying off between 5 and 15% of staff, it seems like. And smaller tech companies who, in general, during downturns, the smaller companies get hit the hardest. Mm. They're laying off like 30, 40% of their staff. So it's interesting to think about what kind of ripple effect this will have in the economy and then how it will affect the stock market. I think we discussed this the other day. It's like, when companies go through mass layoffs, they're cutting expenditure significantly. So 
it may eventually help the bottom line if revenues in, in that kind of keep consistent, right? Because, you know, uh, staff employment is a massive expense for any corporation. If you're cutting 25% of your staff on the surface for bottom line, it's like, oh, well, our, our profit is way up. But down the line, because you're, you're firing your sales team, you're firing your marketing team, will that have, have an effect on and revenue? And it's a tricky one, right? Mm, yeah, because think about it. Let's say you, I don't like Facebook or Meta, Google, they had thousands of uh, employees that they've laid off. If each employee is on a salary of let's say forty thousand by forty thousand dollars a year, you multiply that by you know twenty thousand employees, that is a lot of money that you're yeah. now saving. And it's interesting because they are making these layoffs, but you can still see Facebook is still operating. You know, what, so what were all these people doing in the past? Yeah. But I think a lot of it would, probably would have come down to their marketing teams, et cetera, because you have smaller businesses who aren't really seeing people come through the doors. So why they're going to be spending money on marketing? Um, it's interesting because you're, that was, we saw the tech layoffs, we saw thousands, but now we're starting to see it trickle into retail and, you know, we're having, <coughs> it, it, you know, Amazon's kind of like a tech company, but it's also interesting that Amazon is now laying off right before the busiest time of the year. Right. Right. So that's kind of speaking to what's occurring in the economy right now. If they're laying off, they're not seeing the same demand, which means that people are not really spending their money on retail items. You're also seeing Lyft has been laying off, which tells me that people aren't traveling as much within their community, maybe going to restaurants and spending money there. They're laying off drivers? Yeah. Right. Oh, there's, yeah, so there's yeah, no, less drivers. Right. Um, you have Roku laying off. You have Stripe, which is a payment processing uh, company. Yeah. So clearly people are not spending as much now. So this is really painting a picture. Yeah, it's definitely, I think people are the people that are really in the know. They know what's going to happen in 2023. We're bracing for a dark, recessionary, troublesome 2023 for the economy. Now, it is important to note that the stock market bottoms way before the economy bottoms. Right. So for people, that, all the doomsday sayers that say, look, the economy is going to keep getting worse throughout 2023, but that doesn't necessarily time up for when the stock and therefore crypto markets will bottom because it's kind of like the market's always forward looking, right? So if the market knows that the economy will bottom in six months, six months previous to the market or the economy bottoming, the market may start going up. Mm. So it's, it's difficult to time the bottom. And that's why we kind of preach to never try to time the market. Um, but maybe let's talk about some quick strategies that we've been employing and people can think about for the stock market in particular. And then after that, we can talk about crypto in particular. Yeah. So I've really been watching like the long-term trends. Um, I have posted them on my Twitter account at Nifty Invest, if you want to check it out, um, where, where we've been on this long-term downtrend now since uh, really December, January, right? And we've been bouncing off this, off this trend line for what seems to be, you know, was it almost a year now? We just tapped it again. You're also looking at like the VIX, the volatility, volatility index. And we've never had a bear market bottom without it spiking above 45. The other day we were sitting at 18. The volatility index and the stock market are inverse. So if the volatility index goes up, the stock market tends to sell off. The, the VIX, the volatility index, is sitting out like pretty much an all-time low. Right. So I would exercise caution right now because no bear market in history has ever, 
ended yeah. with the VIX this low. Yeah, for sure. And just to put it in perspective, so something that would spike the VIX or the volatility index would be, for example, when COVID hit in March 2020, the VIX went way up. Or say, you know, when, um, when Russia invaded Ukraine. Events like that tend to spike the VIX, and then it usually kind of peters off. Um, you know, if there's an inflation reading that comes up really hot, yeah. the VIX will go up. These kind of things. So that's something to watch. And I agree. So for stocks, it's kind of the same things that we've been preaching for the past nearly a year now. I'm still continuing to look at recession stocks, uh, staples. You know, I'm not looking at growth stocks. I'm looking at value stocks. Uh, we've been talking about this. Good stocks that I've had in my portfolio that have been outperforming the market significantly over the past while have been those wartime stocks we talked about. Uh, Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, um, Lockheed Martin. These are the companies that are supplying, you know, tanks, missiles, planes. And unfortunately for the world, as sad as it is, war is a business and it just keeps going up and up and up. It's not tied to uh, recessions or economic downturns because, you know, when things get trouble, wars also tend to break out in countries because uh, people are unhappy and blah, blah, blah. And we see what's going on in Europe. So, those are two stocks that I've kind of been enjoying having in my portfolio. They seem to go up one or two percent every day. Yeah, I mean, I think we're if you if you listen to podcasts or listen to the experts who are you know they've been in economics for twenty thirty years. So many people are forecasting a recession for twenty twenty three. So I think it's important to be looking at these recession proof stocks, which we have done an episode um, several months back. If you guys want to check that out. Um, so something I wanted to highlight and. You can find these charts all over Twitter as well. It's quite interesting. Is the inversion of the Treasury bond yield? Uh, it's basically, it's the two and ten year Treasury yield has inversed, and we've gone negative mm. every time we've gone negative. After so, we'll try to get this chart up for the viewers. When the chart comes, when the chart goes negative, it's it's right after when it starts to come back up, and when all of a sudden the long the longer term forecast seems better than the short term. When it starts to come up, you always hit recession. So I think what we need to do, and because it's interesting, because the Fed is using lagging data. You know, they're always looking at previously. So right. they're going to try to do a soft landing. Part of me thinks they're going to get it wrong because they're using, you know, old data. They seem to get everything wrong. So right? I would tend to agree. Um, so, um, you know, you, you want to look at what the central banks have been doing for the whole year, pretty much. And they've been buying gold at record pace. <clears throat> I personally bought. I personally bought some Barrett Gold the other day um, because gold historically performs quite well during times of recession. I got some numbers here. So recession lengths they can vary anywhere from in 2020 it was two months, but that was that was kind of like a an asterisk one off. Yeah. Typically they range from like eight to sixteen months, so just over a year. The S and P will fall anywhere from. 37% it did in 2007 it fell when the recession hit to like minus 13%. Gold uh, on the inverse has done 87% gains, 5% gains, 16% gains right. during times of recession. So I figured looking at a really strong gold company in Barrick Gold was probably one of the safer bets. Yeah, 100%. And we did that episode about gold miners in particular. I think that was maybe, what, two, three months ago? And one of the companies we mentioned in that episode was Gold Mining Inc. Mm. It's up like 80% since that episode. So yeah. congratulations to people who listened to us in that episode. But yeah, I think the um, we t we've talked about this in previous episodes. We've talked about this uh, on our TikTok, in our Discord. I like not only gold, but natural resources, minerals. So we've talked about lithium companies. We've talked about nickel companies, uh, copper, gold, silver. 
these companies like Nat Commodities, right? Along with food stocks. Mm. These are the kind of stocks that I have been adding to my portfolio because they're not growth companies that need to borrow money to pay employees and do marketing campaigns like a, like a tech company will. As the rate, as the interest rates continue to climb and borrowing money becomes more expensive, those companies' values fall and they may go bankrupt. But commodities, these are the things that power the world regardless of economic downturn. They're building cars. They're building power plants, houses, blah, blah, blah. And these things still need to be built, maybe not at the same rate during a, as during a uh, bull run, but it's still happening. So commodities, I think, are just much safer bets. So I agree. Yeah, gold and then all the other minerals I just mentioned. We did do that episode specifically about, um, I, maybe it hasn't been posted yet, but keep, uh, keep a watch out. We did one specifically about the secret ingredients for right. like electric vehicles yeah, and yeah. green energy. So those are things that I'm looking at as well. It's a store value too, right? Gold is. Um, so I think another thing to consider too is we talked about the layoffs and I almost see it as like a white collar recession. It's all the tech companies are laying off, right? The people who work in, you know, these retail shops and everything, but the blue collar industry has seen a massive hit. So I speaking to one of my friends who's, in the staffing and recruitment business. She, she does a lot of um, headhunting for office type of workers, professional services, and nobody is hiring. But there's a lot of people in the service industry that are hiring. There's a lot of people in construction that are sh- always short. If, let's say, 5 million people are laid off over the next year in 2023, and these tech companies are now starting to rely on AI, et cetera, these people are going to have to find work somewhere. So you could see an exodus from the white collar positions and into more blue collar positions, which ties in well with where the need is. And that's for these commodities that we've just discussed. Yeah, you yeah. might start to see these people start rolling into uh, the mining companies, et cetera, yeah. which is well positioned for where the demand is for the EVs. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So that pretty much covers my current stock market strategy. Is there anything you want to mention before we kind of move into crypto? I, the two other one, I made a video about it the other day. Uh, I think I'd also look at, like you said, the food food stocks because you want to start looking at companies that are, will always be needed. Yeah. You know, so one was Nutrien. They yep. had like $6 billion in earnings this mm-hmm. year. is like a record for them. Yeah, we've talked about that um, a few times. And then <laughs> another one I didn't think to add, but I want to talk about in the recession-proof stocks episode that we did was cigarette companies. Oh, yeah. Because I think, you know, people are... They're not going to get rid of their habits then, and they're going to even have more time to be smoking. Yeah. Vices tend to do well in recessionary periods. <laughs> like sin stocks. So between like uh, British, what is it called? The British uh, tobacco, tobacco company yeah, yeah. Um, plus Nutrien plus Barrett Gold. Yep. They all also offer dividends as well. So it's right. like you're getting 6% returns on your investment. Plus they typically do well during times of turmoil. Yeah. I like that. Uh, just a quick note on some of the food stocks I like. So Bayer, who we've been talking about for a while, uh, Archer Daniel Midlands, which is... Corn. Everyone needs corn. Yeah. You always love a bit of corn. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> cornbread. Corn. Oh man. How good is cornbread? <laughs> I had cornbread the other night. Cornbread is amazing. Maybe right. we should get some cornbread after this. Yeah, let's do it. All right. On to crypto and Bitcoin. So it's been a bit of a snooze fest lately. Um, from early November after the FTX crash, Bitcoin has been in a range in between 15.5 and 17.5K. It's just, it's bouncing around. There's much lower volume. There's much lower interest. People think crypto is a scam. People think Bitcoin is dead. And these are all typical things you see during a bear market. It's funny because you, we've been warned about this for years. And then when it happens, you're like, huh, Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's like. Yeah. This is, we are in a crypto winter. If there was any doubt after what happened at FDX, 
now it is like, it's for sure. Mm. We're in a crypto winter. So I think one of the strategies that we've been preaching to our Discord and on Twitter is large cap altcoins are algorithmically tied to Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin goes down, which it continues to basically do over the long term, everything like, you know, Matic or BNB or Cardano or Polkadot, yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter what is going on with those projects. They might have the best catalyst in the world. When Bitcoin goes down, automatically those altcoins are sold off. So we've been avoiding those ones. But what we've been doing while everyone else is just sleeping on crypto, we've been looking at small cap gems because they're not tied to Bitcoin. And we've been finding some pretty good ones. I think that's kind of a strategy I'm going to stick with until I see some, some market reversal. The other thing too is to highlight is the large caps are typically backed by venture capitalists. Venture capitalists right now are in a world of hurt. You know, they're probably tied to uh, Alameda Research or FTX or whatever. So they're going to want to get their tokens. Um, so they have a lot of money in the game. Whereas these small caps typically don't have a massive venture capital backing. So that's another thing, I think, because a lot of these venture capital backed projects, they just have this huge sell off. The venture capital moves on to the next company. They get their tokens at a really early price. They sell off again. And that's what gives crypto such a bad name. The other thing about the small caps is a lot of them are listed on decentralized exchanges versus, versus centralized exchanges, um, which is you know, a lot safer in our opinion to be looking at DEXs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's so many different, and plus you're never going to see a 100X from Ethereum, but you can see massive gains from you know, a small cap. Like from, for example, when we discussed Morpheus Network, you know, found that bottomed out as a low cap gem, had really good catalyst. It went up like 300%. Yeah. So this is why we are targeting these type of projects. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about these, you know, Sombra Network or Copiosa or Syntropy, and you know, we've we are identifying small cap altcoins that have catalysts coming up. You know, Copiosa had their app launching. Sombra Network had a bunch of new partnership announcements. Syntropy just partnered with one of the fastest growing companies in America, right? So we're looking. That's what I was talking about before. Large cap companies can have catalysts, but it doesn't matter as much because they're tied to Bitcoin. Whereas a small cap can have a catalyst and then a whole bunch of people that have never heard of this coin are now like, oh, I might chuck a few hundred bucks in, a few thousand, and it moves the coin. So if, because we're doing the research and identifying the catalyst before they happen, it's a strategy that while everyone else is like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> touch crypto until things turn around. We're continuing to put in the hard yards and uncover these gems. And I think it's, it's been working out pretty well. There have been a few more warning signs that I wanted to kind of discuss because we've talked about how the dominoes to fall from something like the FTX scandal will take months. So we're yeah. now about a month from when it happened, yeah. almost exactly, actually. Um, and I've seen some more warning signs lately. So Circle, who is the issuer of USDC, they had a plan to go public. Right. They're not going public anymore. There's rumors of, not insolvency, but financial difficulties. Did you see about SushiSwap? What happened there? SushiSwap has come out and said that because now they've issued 100% of their tokens. So that's you know an easy way to fund your project by keep selling your tokens they may only have a year left in their treasury. Right. And that's one of the largest DEXs in the world. Mm. So you never know who's going to be the next big name crypto company to go bankrupt and the continued dominoes fall. So I'm wary. So you know what you can do on CoinMarketCap now is they actually have like a proof of reserves on the exchanges. It's interesting looking, to, looking at them. Um, like KuCoin, you can see what, who, what sort of tokens they're holding. You can hold see what Binance is holding. Some of them give me the little bit of the heebie-jeebies and like the co coins that they are holding because there's also been some fight around USDT as well. Um, I mean, the market seems to be in shambles when it comes to crypto. 
Uh, one thing I wanted to highlight that we are closer to the bottom than we are obviously the top. I mean, Bitcoin's down 80% or so from its all-time high. I think the average decline in Bitcoin price from the all-time high before it retraces, before it moves up again, is 85% on average, which would bring the Bitcoin price down to somewhere around 12 to 14,000. But this is where we start to see minor capitulation. Uh, minor capitulation is essentially miners are enable they don't have the funds and it's, it becomes too expensive to mine the bitcoin you have too much competition the price is not there for them to be profitable and with energy prices increasing it's becoming really difficult for all the different miners to stay in you know in business right so right now we're kind of flushing out and this ha- like this is the circle of life man like this happens with everything you know the, flush yeah, out the garbage. Yeah, flush out all the garbage, yeah. and the top miners will prevail. They'll, eventually, the hash rate. So the hash rate's been flying as of late, but it started to drop big time, which is, this is good. So miners were selling at the fastest rate in seven years, def, like desperately trying to stay afloat. This Shit. is some data I pulled up um, because of high energy prices, et cetera. So the economics became so poorly, but this is the first time now where they're actually starting to reaccumulate. So there's some good signs right. ahead. Um, on average, it takes 48 days from capitulation to eventually start purchasing the Bitcoin again. And we're about 10 days in. And then thereafter, on average, we, st- we see a 92% gain from Bitcoin. So we're getting the accumulation period can be long. Yeah. But on average, if you're working on a- averages in math, which is why there's so many Bitcoin maxis. Right. Because it's programmed. Yep. When the miners capitulate, this typically marks where the bottom is. Definitely. It's, that's a great point and something to keep a note of, but it's also, it's, we've been talking about this, this Bitcoin bear market is different than all other bear markets previously because Bitcoin has only existed in times of fed printing money. So we've never seen a bear market with a real recessionary downturn in the legacy markets. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bitcoin and crypto react. Everyone, you know, the Bitcoin maxis that, having cycle, this is it, it's all timed up. You know, they see these stupid charts with rainbows and all that. <laughs> that may have worked, mm. but the past doesn't predict the future and markets are in a completely different scenario that crypto or Bitcoin has ever seen. So don't just hang your hat on those charts. No, That's why we're here to continue keeping you updated on both crypto and stocks because we're kind of going through uncharted waters here. And I know a lot of new investors have come into the market, specifically crypto over the past couple of years. And it's important to take a variety of uh, factors into account because you can't just look at one chart that one influencer posts and be like, okay, when, when he posts this chart, I buy. Yeah. It's just, you're going to get wrecked. Yeah. So there's a lot to account for. I mean, in general, just don't believe every, all the fear and the FUD. You know, there are ways to make use of the bear market. We posted some tweets uh, in Discord today about ways that you can use uh, DEXs to kind of snipe entries in crypto. You could dollar cost average if you have a plan. You could look for small cap altcoins like we've been doing. Check out the recessionary stocks. There's things you can be doing. Now is not the time to run away from the markets. No. Because, you know, as cliche as it is, bear markets are where big time wealth and millionaires are made. And that's what we're here for. And we've seen a ton of downturn in the markets. I mean, there, I believe that there's still a little bit more to come. So I have my own personal targets that I'm going to be waiting for before I start heavily dollar cost averaging into... Um, you know, some of my favorite stocks in addition to some of my favorite altcoins that do sit in maybe the top 50 or top 100.
But for now, I'm going to stick to the strategies that we've currently discussed. I like it. So I think that's pretty much a good roundup of the market. Um, you know, make sure to like and subscribe. You know, we're always going to be continuing to update the markets, both stock and crypto. And then tune into the next episode. Because that one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Beanpod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Beanpod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.